All right, guys, welcome to episode 38 of Beginning for Your Thoughts podcast, the podcast where my AC broke today, so it's freaking 90 degrees in my house, I'm sweating my ass off, and I can't remotely think of a catchy line to say about Brandon. Brandon. It's too damn hot. That's what it is. I mean, this guy. Part of the weather is too damn hot party. (laughs) That's right. I mean, this is the wittiest guy. (laughs) <laughs> on the interwebs, all right? You've seen the memes. You know what's going on here. At yeah, if you're not following us on social media, uh, at a Kenny for Your Thoughts podcast on Instagram and at Kenny Podcast on Twitter, what are you doing with your life? That's right. I mean, Chris and, Van Vliet follows it. He likes Chris stuff. Van Vliet follows us, and not only does he follow us, but I kind of have this feeling that he is our guest today. Am I right in saying that, Brandon? That's right. That's right. Only the elite here. Right. Yeah, big spoiler leagues. alert, Brandon pretty much hits on him the entire interview. I mean... It was a little awkward. Who wouldn't? It really was. I mean, come on. Guys, look at look at me. I'm just wiping away sweat, so I apologize. too hot. He can't think This straight. episode is so hot, damn it. It's a hot episode. Speaking hot. of hot, Brandon, what yeah. did you think of freaking WWE Stomping Grounds? Stomping Grounds? I mean, you know what? Even though there weren't too many people there, the crowd was hot. Right, thank you. The biggest thing, the The biggest thing, right? Right. I was gonna say the biggest (laughs) thing I've seen is like people are like, "Oh, this attendance suck," and and maybe it did. It did. I'm gonna spoil (laughs) that right now. But like, there is in no way, shape, or form was that crowd like. There's been crowds that have twice the amount of people, three times the amount of people, and weren't half as energetic. Go back. I think it was like episode 23. It's like, what the hell was wrong with that crowd? So, guys, I mean. It, uh, cr- the amount of people that are there don't equate to crowd reaction, just so we know. Because Brandon could be in a 100,000-seat <laughs> arena, a stadium at, at screen, WrestleMania, yeah. and he's still looking at the screen. He's not even reacting. So <laughs> just say it. Look, I, I don't know what, what they were on there, and uh, I watched them, but they, they were hot for a lot of it. You know what? They did good. You know what it was? Is because they upgraded everybody's seats. Everybody's extra excited. They're like, oh, look at this. That they tarped off the, the problem yeah. is they tarped off all the seats where you could see the big screen. So Brandon refused to take a free ticket, right? Would not go to stomping grounds, but it's okay. No, wait, were, were there even screens there? I was here like they don't show the stuff on the screens or something. I mean, to, to a certain extent, they don't because uh, uh in, in the current day and age, everyone kind of just stares at the back, yeah, Brandon, right? And then, uh, yeah, so they 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 really don't have the screens on like they used to, so uh, that's yeah. not good for me. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing, you know, coming out of this week of wrestling, I, the funny part is, like, I feel like everybody's, like, say, like everybody on the internet is hating on WWE. And it's true. WWE's product has not been good recently. But if you were able to say that WWE had a bad week this week, I think you're just hating hate. Am I right in saying that, Brandon? I mean, look, the people were hot for the matches. Look, Ricochet got the belt. You know, that should make some people happy. You got Undertaker coming from the next paper. Yeah, where did right? that happen? Where, 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 like, where did I mean, that come from? Like, all of a sudden, if anybody predicted that the Undertaker was going to be on Raw, they were they're completely full of shit because that came out of nowhere. I popped. I was like, that was the last person I expected to come out and save Roman Reigns. Right. So I mean, they're 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 trying a few things here and there. Spice it up. Do you think he's turning heel? He's turning heel on Roman Reigns. I maybe I and, hope so. Maybe they can do another match. That's what I was thinking for SummerSlam, right? Yeah. 
that's kind of where I'm thinking this is going. Uh, I mean, he's got to some... redeem himself, right, from the last time. Oh, please. <laughs> no, everybody's giving him crap about that match with Goldberg, but it's like, what are you going to do? It's like you're wrestling a guy who's concussed. What can you do? That's like a that's like <laughs> a one-legged Brandon in an ass-kicking contest. That's right. So useful. Which I've seen. I've literally seen that happen. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> Uh, what else do we got going on here in the in the wrestling show? Um, how about we got oh the couple the the wrestling couple here? Uh, I don't the, the man Becky and the Lynch, man the man and the man yeah. So so we got uh, Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins. I think they they stole the show the the last couple shows they were on. I mean. But how do you feel? I mean, do you feel that WWE's pushing this narrative? Like they're taking, you know, their real life relationship and just kind of, uh, for lack of a better term, whoring it out for the audience? You know what? Maybe a little bit, but you know, what else are they doing? You know what? Maybe they'll just have a little a little cute thing to run here. In between I was going to say, I think it for the big show. I think it uh, adds an, an, yeah. an edge to their characters. I mean, you know, they were, I don't want to say they were floundering. That's not the correct word, but they were, their momentum was stalling a little bit from WrestleMania season. So why not put these two together They're, You know, they're two superstars who could be red hot by themselves. You put them together on screen. I mean, it works. I mean, there's a real life chemistry between them, obviously. So yeah. uh, why not? Like, why the hell not? You know? Um, and I like this. I like this winners take uh, winners take all match uh, at Extreme Rules that's going to happen uh, with yeah. them versus Lacey Evans and Baron Corbin. I know a lot of people hate the crap <laughs> out of Lacey Evans and especially Baron Corbin, but I that's mean, that's why it's I, good. Gonna that's why it's heat. good. They're good heels. They're uh, amazing heels. I mean, it might be good off my TV heat, but hey, Xbox heat. heat. That's what yeah. it's called. <laughs> I mean, yeah. What I mean, what did you think about Lacey Evans and her past couple matches? I mean, I think uh, she looks I, the part, and like she, her character is brilliant. She looks like a million bucks. Um, but yeah, what do you think absolutely. about the actual in ring work? I think she had she looked a little green in the match at Stomping Grounds. Like you know, if I had to critique her, because I'm not saying like oh she's a bad worker. I'm just saying like yeah, she had a misstep or two, but that comes with experience. Like that yeah. comes with experience. I mean, uh, I I could tell you for a fact that we didn't. We probably did that uh, podcast. <laughs> intro a couple times there you know what i mean it happens to the best of us i mean if that was live would i have to go with it but instead we brandon was like re-record that you stupid son of a bitch so you know i re-recorded it brandon people people don't hear how you talk to me on the podcast okay you know i don't think this happened you're, you're running me down you're hitting on chris van vliet what's going on look he was on the show i don't know what i'm gonna talk to this guy again i have to get it in before before he goes, you know, before it's dinner. Oh, <laughs> uh, right. I don't want to like, slide to his DMs. Right. Like all everybody will, else guys, on him. All will be explained on the, the interview. Uh if you're watching on YouTube, by all means, or actually we'll put it on all the descriptions. Go ahead and click down below. If you look at the description, we'll put the time frame of when the Chris Van Vliet interview is. That way you can skip Brandon's creepiness and get to his creepy hitting on Chris Van Vliet interview. <laughs> but honestly, honestly, guys, Chris was a great guest, gave us great advice, not just on air, but off air. Uh, I got nothing but good things to say about him. So uh, definitely you all should be looking forward to that interview. Um, but speaking of looking forward to things, uh, Brandon, we got Fighter Fest this weekend, AEW, which uh, Chris That's Chris right. Van Vliet's actually going to. So, are you excited about this? Are you still paying for this event? 
Are, are we uh, splitting this event? Yes. Wait, is this the free one that you were trying to swindle me out of 10 bucks for? Uh, I'm not at liberty to, to discuss or oh, disclose dear. how much Fighter Fest cost. Um, but like, uh, you've already agreed to give me ten dollars for the event. So, all right. I, I, I mean, I'm you... I'm ordering the event. So you go ahead and give me ten dollars. That's not even that's not even half of it. It's definitely uh, not half of what the event costs. So, come on, bro. I'm gonna give you ten dollars in good faith, hoping that it's spent correctly. I'm a hustler, baby. I just want you to know. All right, uh, back to the Fighter Fest card. Just ignore yeah. what I just did. <laughs> what I match mean, are you looking forward to? You know what? Uh, I have to say, I'm kind of looking forward to this Hangman Page, MJF, Jungle Boy, Jimmy Havoc. I Is mean, it just because MJF's in that match? Yeah, pretty much. And, and Havoc, <laughs> and Jimmy Havoc. I Dude, feel they, like he's got to do something weird. He's got to staple somebody or something. Should be good. Luckily, Joey Janela is not in this match, or else he'd have a cigarette stapled to his head. I think that's the match I'm looking forward to the most. By the way, is John Moxley versus Joey Janela. Okay, um, that's just going to be a hell of a match. That that promo they had on the road to Fighter Fest, uh, that sold me on that match. And and then also right. let's not forget that this will be um, John Moxley's first. Uh, official match in AEW, so looking forward to that too. I mean, it's kind of surreal to think like wow. we're talking like a different wrestling promotion, and John Moxley is going to be fighting. And I should say uh, another North American promotion. Let me specify. That's right. Um, I'm looking forward to see uh, seeing our our girl Nyla Rose versus Riho. And uh, go ahead, pronounce pronounce the name, Brandon. Uh, Yuka Sakazaki. There you go. All right. So I, I'm looking forward to that, man. That, that should Hell be yeah. a great match. Uh, and then I'm also it, definitely. Uh, I'm also looking forward to the baby oil sensationed uh, Michael Nakazawa. That I, there's not <laughs> enough. That, there's not enough high resolution pixels uh, on my TV to be able to see Michael Nakazawa's oiled body. That's right. We need more baby and, oil and rest. And that has nothing to do with me liking him. That's just a, a respect for for his baby oiled body. Yeah, and a hardcore <laughs> match. As well. Oh yeah, and that's going to be on the buy-in. So guys, if if you uh, the, the event is at eight o'clock. So just to remind you, the buy-in, the pre-show, in other words, is at seven p.m. Uh, last time, I don't know how they're going to do it, but last time, uh, All Elite Wrestling's YouTube was not working. Uh, so you had to go on uh, TNT. I think was displaying it. Uh, so mm. keep that in mind. If it's not working on one channel, there are some other channels. Just Google uh, or YouTube search it, I should say. Bleacher uh, Report, I guess, is going to be streaming. Well, yeah, Fighter Fest. Fighter Fest. Uh, Brandon, cover your ears for a second. Yeah, okay. Do me a favor. All right, cool. Cover my so ears. Fight, right, so Fighter Fest is free, guys, on Bleacher Report Live. Uh, so you can watch the event free. All right, Brandon? Yeah. Okay, sorry. I was just telling them the price of the event. So we're splitting that like like we talked about. All right. Um, what do you think about Kobe uh, Cody Rhodes versus Darby Allen? Dude, yeah. Uh that, you know what Darby Allen is another guy that uh on the promo for the on the build up to this that sort of sold me, you know, on his character. Um so this should this should be a good this should be a good match. Dude, it's funny like and not in a bad way. I've just been busy. I didn't realize like Fighter Fest is this weekend. I was like, "Holy crap, this one snuck up on me." And uh yeah. I I'm starting to get like excited for it. Like I don't I hate to say it, I don't get excited for like WWE pay-per-views. Again, I'm not taking anything away from Stopping Grounds. Stopping Grounds delivered. Like no one was expecting shit and it de absolutely delivered 
and was a hot crowd, a hot pay-per-view. Uh, I have nothing but good things to say about it. But like Fighter Fest, I mean, we're we're all expecting something big. This is uh, AEW's official or second official show. Right. And you know, this is uh we got another one more event before and after the thir- that. The thirteenth, uh, right? Yeah. Coming up. The 13th, yeah. we got another one. Yeah, this yeah, is crazy. that's the one we're going. That's yeah. the one we're going to. That's uh fight for the fallen. So right. I don't know if you've heard this, Brandon. Um, did you hear what WWE did in, in regards to Fight for the Fallen today? That's a little controversial. No, no, no. I missed this. What, uh so Evolve, which is you know, um a local wrestling promotion, uh Evolve. Uh, is having their 10th anniversary show on the same day. Uh, It's Evolve 131, if you guys want to Google that. Well, the WWE has said they are going to air it on the WWE Network at 8 p.m. So direct Ah. competition, direct competition to Fighter Fest. Using the local boys. And I don't know if you've heard this. uh, You know, I don't have it verbatim right now because he deleted, but Kenny Omega basically went off and basically was like, yeah, I wonder you know, if somebody uh, screen ca- captured it or something. Maybe we can find it. Uh, and sorry, and I apologize. I said direct competition to Fighter Fest. I meant direct competition to Fight for the Fallen. For the fallen. Okay. Uh, so I apologize. The one that we're going to, but yeah, right. Kenny Omega went off and basically said Fight for the Fallen is an event for victims of gun violence, and you're gonna, you know, you're gonna go head to head with that. Like you, you know, basically just went off on WWE and was, Dang. you know, emotional about it. Like that was a, definitely a, a post of emotion and. uh I, I didn't disagree with him, but a lot of people are um, they're making it something it's not. I think Kenny Omega was just mad that you know they would schedule an event head to head with that. But I, I love direct competition like this, you know. And not only that, like the fact that Evolve is going to get eyes on it now too. It's like so WWE's just All putting right. eyes on a unofficial developmental uh, system for them. You know, Evolved is definitely where they get a lot of their stars. I mean, they're having a lot of stars go back for this 10th anniversary event. I think Matt Riddle's one of them, for example. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's going to it's gonna be a good day of, of wrestling, guys. Like, right. I know for a fact, like, I'm probably going to watch, um, you know, Evolve live or, or sorry, watch Fighter, uh, Fighter Fest, you hear me? Fight for the Fallen <laughs> live right. and then watch Evolve afterwards because it's on the network, you know? So, right. but how is that bad? Like, it's not a bad thing. As a wrestling fan, you should be applauding. Yeah, here, here's uh, Kitty Omega. Uh, if you're lining your pockets with blood money is okay, um, then what's wrong with trying to undermine a charity show for victims of gun violence? I hear that healthy competition is supposed to be a good thing, and yet I can't help but feel like I'm going to be sick. Yeah. So again, he, I think that was more of him typing before he thought. And again, it's not that he's wrong, but you know, he's that that th- those are some harsh words, you know, to WWE. So I mean, obviously he did not like that Evolve was, you know, being put uh in direct competition with them, but it's like, hey, it's I don't know. Like I what's wrong with that? What's if AEW had done that to a, a WWE show, would anybody really be critical of it? <laughs> like no honestly honestly i'm being fair because i don't consider myself like i consider myself kind of on the fence here like i'm not like a aew mark i'm not a wwe mark i'm a wrestling mark and it's like nobody would be giving cody Rhodes shit in fact they would be applauding they'd be like yeah fight the system yeah you take that stupid wwe but Dang. we're we're critical that wwe is putting an evolved show this is not a pay-per-view a wwe pay-per-view that they've said okay we're gonna have it in direct competition this is just evolve has their 10th anniversary it happens to be on the same day i'm sure they were like oh cool hey let's give them the platform 
And hey, it's also airing at the same time, so maybe we'll take a couple eyes off of that. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So well, it's not it's not malicious to me. It's not competition. It's just competition. Right. It's crazy. Here's Kenny Omega again. Uh, I've said my piece and it opened the door to a very toxic environment. It wasn't a message to the fans or the boys, just the decision makers. I wish everyone wrestling on any show that day all the best. That is all. Dang, crazy. Yeah, so I mean, he he rethought what he said, and that's guys. I wanna I wanna remind you to not tweet with emotion because sometimes <laughs> no, stay, I'm so serious. You can get yourself in trouble. Uh, you know, like Brandon D- DMing uh, uh DMing Chris, Chris Van Vliet. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, I jumped the gun there. All jokes aside, um, what an amazing amazing interview, Brandon. Before before we get into uh, the interview with Chris Van Vliet, anything anything you want to say? Anything you want to comment on? Actually, I got something I want to comment on. Oh, yeah. Can we talk about the 24 7 title this week? Because the 24 7 title has been amazing. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I got a lot of people, and I'm just going to call this out and apologize. You know, they're probably listening to this podcast, but I got a a follower of ours on Instagram basically was like, Does Vince have no shame to book the (laughs) storyline and Drake Maverick's wedding and blah, 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 blah? And I was like, Look at this narrative. Like, look at this narrative. I don't like when people, I don't care if it's Vince McMahon or not. Like, I, whatever narrative it is, when you push your agenda, like you twist something to make it sound like a certain way, my response to that was, I'm sure Drake Maverick came up with that idea because his wife is Renee Michelle. She was in the first May Young classic. Like she's a wrestler herself. Yeah. I'm sure it was like, Hey, listen, I got this wedding on Saturday. What do you think about putting the title on me? So truth can take it off me. And guys, I mean, come on, use common sense. Did you see all the flower petals and stuff? Like when, (laughs) when Drake Maverick got rolled up. So in other words, they had done the ceremony already. And then they were like, okay, let's shoot this here. Let's have a different guy play the priest. And then we'll have truth ruin the wedding. So it's not like this happened during the wedding. They walked out. They did everything. Everyone threw rose petals. And then they said, okay, pull the cameras, have the referee. Let's do this real quick. So it's a fun little thing. Like, they're going to remember that. They're both professional wrestlers. Like, guys, chill out. Vince McMahon didn't go, Drake, you got to do this. (laughs) It's going to be be such good shit. (laughs) Do you think, yeah, do you think he did that and told them that was going to be good shit? <laughs> Drake, his wedding? he's going to puke. He's going to puke. Um, oh, no, I mean, I, I mean, dude, come, guys, come on. Like, Vincent Man's not the devil. And and I'm going to spoil it right now. Chris Van Vliet says it later in the episode, but he says something about, like, if you meet Vincent Man, the first thing you, do, you should do is shake his hand. Guys, yeah, maybe you feel Vince is out of touch now, and we can debate that. I mean, in some ways, yeah, he is. But, like, here's the guy that revolutionized professional wrestling. Don't disrespect that. If you're a true wrestling fan, you shouldn't disrespect that at all. Brandon? The question is, would he shake our hand if we offered Where has Randy Orton been? That's a, you know, that's a good question. He collected his blood money, as Kenny Omega said, <laughs> and then, like, he's just been missing ever since. I'm just kidding. But, yeah, he's been missing ever since the Saudi Arabia show. He'll be back, man. They'll have something special for him at uh, SummerSlam, I feel. Maybe but, even Extreme Rules, right? You know who I'm – yeah, maybe. But you know who I'm glad to see back? Shinsuke Nakamura. That's right. He's OMG, still there. OMG thought he was dead. <laughs> WTF, LOL. <laughs> CM Punk's sister would say. I probably butchered that. But, yeah. So I, I posted a meme on it. If again, if you're not following us yeah. on social media at the Kennedy for Thoughts podcast or uh, Twitter, 
uh, at Kenny Podcast. I posted a, a GIF, a GIF for both of you know both you pronunciation <laughs> people. Um, one of it's of the Undertaker and Shinsuke Nakamura, and the caption is, "Which superstar were you happier to see return from the dead?" <laughs> so uh, most people actually said the Undertaker. I was surprised. Wow, you fucking, you fucking marks. So many marks. <laughs> Put some respect on Shinsuke's name. That's right. Okay, Brandon, do it. Come on. <laughs> but guys, we don't want to take up too much of your time. I know you don't want to listen to our sexy asses. You want to listen to our interview with Chris Van Vliet. So, Brandon, you want to intro it? Ladies and gentlemen, four-time Emmy winner. All right. <laughs> this is what you That's need it? to know. Chris. <laughs> Entertainment. <laughs> Come on, like do something, Jesus! Right. Well, I was still going through the spiel of it was like all this. No, you stopped. The crowd comes. wants interest. Every person at stomping ground left. All four hundred of them. <laughs> they all left. Like they're just relocating them to the camera side, so it looks full. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, say, continue your intro. That's right. Four-time Emmy-winning entertainment reporter for Deco Drive, WWE wrestling fan, entrepreneur, with over 61 million views on YouTube, the one and only Chris Van Fleet. There you go. This is awesome. Can he follow your thoughts? All right, guys, and now for the interview portion of our podcast, we have a very elite guest, if you will. One of the best, if not the best, wrestling interviewer ever in this world. We have a Mr. Chris Van Vliet. Chris, how are you? I'm doing great. Well, I don't know. Mean Gene is definitely the best interviewer of all time. Well, um, easily, but, but Mean I'm, Gene. But currently, we're talking about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That's uh, that's high praise. Uh, but thank you, guys, so much for having me on. This is awesome. Yeah. And I see. Go ahead, Brandon. I'm sorry. No, no I was saying. Yeah, I, I had to. Uh, I had to ask you about that shirt again. We we talked about it before we came on, but uh, it's just my name. That's all. Yeah, but I mean, look, fine. This is this is legit, man. You're you're one of the elite now. I, no, it's just my last name rhymes with elite. It's an elite shirt. It's a Chris Van Elite shirt, if you will. You know, Chris Van Elite. And, and you see, the thing is, Brandon knew you were going to wear a T-shirt, and he decided since he was listening to uh, or watching the Ryback interview that he had to upstage you and wear a suit. So if we could get that on camera right now, everybody, Brandon is wearing a full-on suit right now for this interview. And this is this is so ironic because I just came home from my TV job where I was wearing a suit live on TV to come home to rush into a T-shirt to hang out with you guys. This is. Oh man, we, we appreciate it, man. This, this we've been looking forward to this for I mean a couple weeks now, man. And and when you offered to be on the podcast, man, my jaw dropped. I was like, who are we for, to have you on the podcast, bro? And and so we really appreciate it, man. Oh well, I mean, who am I to you know be on the podcast, you know myself? So you know, thank you for taking the uh, you know chance and inviting me on the show. Wait a minute, who are you? We're talking about four time, four time interview winner. Chris I Van think you got to go two more. Four time, four time, four time, four time. <laughs> time. Got to win one more. They're they're, uh, they're uh, behind me here. Wait, wait. Uh, oh my yeah. goodness! Look at this. Catch yeah. a shout of that right now. We got we got those Emmys in the house, and two of them. Correct me if I'm wrong. For a story on Gregory Gregory Iron. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. 
Yeah, well, well, at least one of them is. I won two that year. Gotcha. One of them was for my story about Gregory Iron, uh, who, if if you're not aware about him, if you're watching this or listening to this, is the only wrestler in the world who wrestles uh, with cerebral palsy. And it's, Ooh. man, that guy is, he's a friend of mine, but he's such an inspiration. And the story is, uh, you know, I was so happy and so grateful to be able to tell it. And then to be uh, rewarded with the Emmy for it, you know, it was the best. Now, it, look, since you got so many of them, do you think maybe <laughs> – got one to spare you could send one our way if i win another one yeah, yeah maybe <laughs> i actually uh I, the, the nomination uh in our region here is uh monday so i actually just submitted a bunch oh. of stuff so fingers crossed we'll see what happens good luck thank you so brandon can have it uh in the background there as opposed to a bottle of lotion and an iron or as you could see right now <laughs> yeah i got I, I gotta spruce it up back here so yeah you brandon you gotta realize that people are looking at the shot here they're they're, they're studying what's behind you here uh man the, maybe you put the iron on the floor for the next one i'm, like, I'm trying like, to get that blur effect so i can blur the back like, look, like what like, look, we got one guy who's got an Emmy because of Gregory Iron, and one guy who's got an Iron in the background right now. So oh, well, I don't there know. you go. You know, and, I mean, together. we got something else in common there, Chris. We both, before we went on air, we both were sipping on our drinks, and we both realized that we have WrestleMania collectible cups. Yeah, mine's from WrestleMania 35. So go ahead and show off yours. I got this. Is a throwback. This is a WrestleMania 27 here in Atlanta. I, this is this is the one souvenir I get every single time, but in the last nine wrestlemanias and i leave there with a cup and the cup only that's the only thing i have now do you have a display shelf for your cups like you do your <laughs> or, uh, i should no they're yeah. just sitting in they're just sitting in my um in my in my claw or my, my cupboard these are the perfect size for a protein shake so oh, that's, yes. this is like every morning i'm like this morning, I think this morning is going to be a WrestleMania 30 kind of day. Okay. Nice. <laughs> yes. Now, well, how, how much protein do you take? You, know, um, uh, you take a lot of protein, that's, right? That's really going to be the first question that we well, ask Chris. I mean, what kind of protein oh, do you take in the morning? Uh, I don't know. Like, I eat a lot of chicken and steak and salmon and drink protein shakes. I don't know. Enough to, you know, enough to keep me going. Chris, let me tell you what's going on here. Brandon's usually the most jacked guy on the podcast, so he's feeling a little insecure right now. Uh, yeah, so. <laughs> let me tell you, Brandon, if you're a jacked guy, you can't be hiding it behind suits. Uh, suits. Well, you know what? I spend all the time ironing the shirt, so yeah, I back now. <laughs> That's the workout. Yeah. <laughs> That's half the battle right there. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you about something before we, we get into the wrestling bit of it. Um, I'm kind of channeling your uh, – interview you did i guess with henry cavill for uh justice league he's been he was asking about this the whole time before you came uh yeah. came on with us by the way and i was like just ask him on air why are you asking me yeah because you, you got you got the black thing going the suit here yeah but, yeah henry cavill he had the stash yeah like, how was that man how was that was he cool with you asking about it was it getting weird <laughs> no henry cavill's great um but yeah i thought it was funny that i asked him I must ask you a question. Yeah. <laughs> it was so good. That's funny. Like that. That was like God. When was that interview? Like two two years ago, I think. Yeah. Um, and I was still at the time uploading some of the movie interviews that I did, and also some of the wrestling interviews that I was getting. And I realized that when I was posting the movie interviews, the wrestling people were like, "What? What is this?" Yeah. And when I would post the wrestling interviews, the movie people would be like, "I don't care about this person. I've never heard of." And I obviously love wrestling more than anything. So it was like, 
I think that uh, I think the numbers kind of speak for themselves. The wrestling interviews were kind of like you know leading the way here. So I just started uploading wrestling interviews, and I haven't uploaded a movie interview since like November of last year, and there won't be any more on my channel. It's all it's all wrestling all the time now. Wow, look at that. So I was going to say, I think the general consensus is that you kind of, uh, from a lot of fans nowadays, uh, is that you kind of like came out of nowhere with these wrestling interviews. Like, who is this guy? Every Reddit post I see is Chris Van Vliet. Who is this guy? Where did he come from? Why is he interviewing everybody? So I, I would say that couldn't be further from the truth. Could you give us a little background on that? Because you've been in the game a, a long time, man. Yeah. I mean, I, um, thank you. Uh, I did my first wrestling interview in 2007. Uh, with like January 2007 with Bobby Lashley. So that's 12 years ago. Obviously, I wasn't posting on YouTube at the time, but uh, that was my first wrestling interview. I started posting on YouTube in maybe 2011 is when I started my channel. And it was kind of by accident. I was just, I was doing these wrestling interviews for work. I was working in Cleveland at the time as the entertainment reporter for the CBS affiliate there. And we would have wrestlers come by when Raw or SmackDown or TNA or whatever was in town. We'd have the wrestlers come to the station to promote the show. We'd air 20, 30 seconds of a soundbite on TV, which is what you do on TV. Then I'd have 10, 15, 20 minutes of an interview where I was asking wrestling questions that I legitimately wanted to know the answer to. And I thought, other people are going to like this. Other people are going to want to see this. So I just threw it up on my YouTube channel, which had like four subscribers at the time. And I thought, you know, if I like this, someone else will enjoy this. And it was an interview with The Miz that I did. Uh, he was, and he was talking about, it was 2011 is right after the pipe bomb. And he said, this is the most exciting time to be a wrestling fan since the attitude era. And I thought, oh, that's pretty cool. Threw it up on my YouTube channel. Someone must've shared it on Reddit or somewhere. Cause it was on all the dirt sheets the next day. And I woke up the next morning, had 6,000 views. And I'm like, Oh my God, I've never had 6,000 views ever. The next day it had 36,000 views. And I'm like, okay, like, Obviously, other wrestling fans, you know, like this and appreciate this. But you're so right, Kenny. I, I see all these comments like, why do you get to interview wrestlers? Or, you know, where'd this guy come from? Came out of nowhere. And it's like, that's cool. Like, I get that I get that my YouTube channel only can touch a certain amount of people. Like, there's a whole bunch of people that still haven't ever watched one of my interviews and don't know who I am and will never know who I am. And that's completely fine. But, uh, you know, I've been on TV for the last 15 years. I've been on YouTube for the last eight, but it's just been the last year that I've really dived, dove into this and really dialed into like, I'm gonna go out of my way to make these interviews happen. Instead of the ones that are just coming to me, I'm gonna fly somewhere, drive somewhere, stay up late, wake up early, whatever I have to do to make these happen. And obviously, you know, it's been reaching some more people. I mean, it says a lot about your work ethic. The fact that you one minute before this, we went on air, you were in a suit and you threw that off to get on air for, in time for this. So, I mean, it, that says something about you right there. But I mean, um, would you say like in the last year, the reason that you've become, you know, so popular, if you will, is because you set a goal for yourself to become popular in the wrestling community, to really put in the work and putting the, the ethic. I know you have a catchphrase, and so you can go ahead and say it if you want. <laughs> and it, um, but and I wanted honestly, you to touch on that. Yeah, and, and honestly, anybody who knows me or has followed any of my stuff knows that my phrase, vague goals get vague results, has like defined my life. And if you apply that to anything in your life, you'll see a huge change immediately. Like if you say, you know, I want to lose some weight this year. Well, if you lose one pound, congratulations, you've lost some weight. Like, what a what a terrible goal to set for yourself. Um, <laughs> you hear that, Brandon? All the time. All the time. 
So at the start of this year, well, last year I said, I want to do 40 wrestling interviews and I want to hit 100,000 subscribers. So to put things in context here, I started my YouTube channel in 2011, like I said. I uh, was kind of just steadily just chugging along a couple subscribers a day for a long time. And I got to like maybe 60,000 or 50,000 or something. And I said, I think I can hit 100,000 by the end of this year. And I'm going to do 40 wrestling interviews. So if there's indie shows happening in town, I'm close to Orlando. A lot of wrestlers live there. If I can make some stuff happen, I'm going to make it happen. I hit 100,000 subscribers by August of last year. And then when this year came around, I said, well, 40 was it's tough to do 40 interviews, but I think I could do it. So this year, I'm going to make my goal a little bit higher. The specific goal for 2019 was 50 wrestling interviews and uh, 200,000 subscribers. And honestly, at the start of the year, when you look at that and you break that down, that's a wrestling interview a week. That's a lot. Especially yeah. when you have a full-time job. I'm on TV. I'm traveling all the time. I was in London last week. I was in Indianapolis on the weekend. I was in LA the week before that. I'm flying to Cincinnati this week or next weekend. Like I'm going to Daytona this week. It's a ton of stuff going on. Yeah. Um, so I was like, that's a lot of wrestling interviews, but if I'm going to set that goal, I, I'm going to chase after it. And if I come up short, at least I knew I was chasing after that specific Dude, it, goal of 50. The, the, saying man that i like which is you know um shoot for the moon and end up on the stars and and so even if you miss your target you'll still be hugely successful man and, and it's like why not try like there is no fail you know what i mean right and um, I, another phrase that i really like is uh the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago the second right. best time is today and like and i think so many people go ah oh, i could i could never do that you know i would I, I could never be i could never have a big youtube channel podcast, be on TV, be a wrestler, whatever your goal happens to be. You just got to realize that at the end of the day, every single person that you look up to was exactly where you are when they began. They just went for it. And I think so many people are scared to go for it. And I figured, what's the what's the absolute worst that can happen here? You know? And and dude, and it, it's kind of, I mean, you're speaking right to me because it, it's people like you that inspired like me to do this thing. Because even a year ago, you know, I was in a rut, left a job I didn't like and had every excuse in the book why I had never done wrestling podcasting. And then one day I just said, you know what, what's the worst that can happen? I mean, the worst that can happen is one day, maybe I'll be interviewing freaking Chris Van Vliet on our podcast. Do you know what I mean? Like, like That's the worst. Thing <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But, but all jokes aside, it was like the mentality of like, what, like I love professional wrestling, same as you. And it's like, what can, what's the worst that can happen? Everyone was telling me, well, there's 50 million wrestling podcasts. I'm like, okay, but there, nobody has my take. Yep. And that's the way I said it. it. It sounded cocky, but I was like, no one's me, you know? And Look, I think I just, you. I just started my own podcast two days ago, and I had the exact same view as you. There's so many wrestling podcasts out there. Why am I going to spend my time and my energy on that? How am I going to stand out from the bunch? And I just kind of figured, why not? Like if it if I put some effort into it, and it doesn't work. And six months from now, me and my buddy who's helping me produce this go, eh, it didn't work. We can go well on to the next thing. But you know, you won't know until you try. Right. And, and trying and failing is half the fun. You know what I mean? So you, even if you fail, you'll learn something from it and you'll come back stronger than you were before. Yeah, there's really no failing. It's, it's trying right. and learning. You're going to learn from every misstep that you have. But I think the biggest problem, and I get these tweets, DMs all the time from people that are like, man, I wish I could do what you're doing. And I'm like, I'm going I'm to break this to you. You can. <laughs> like, I'm not, I haven't tapped in any sort of secret here. I, I don't do anything different or special. I've just 
I have the, a, an insane work ethic and I go after things and I make them happen. And that's, that's the, maybe the only difference. Right. So, so here's a question. Um, you're born in May, right? You're a Taurus, right? I'm a Taurus. Yeah. Dude, dude what is it with you Taurus? Is my best friend in New York. His name's <laughs> Keyshawn. I'm going to shout him out right now. Uh, you, him and the rock. Those yeah. are the three people yeah. that I know are yeah. Tauruses and have the best work ethic in the world. And not because like you're copying each other, but just naturally, like every time I talk to like a Taurus, I'm a Capricorn, by the way. So if anyone believes in astrology, it's supposed to be that Capricorns and Tauruses get along. But every time I, I talk to a Taurus, I'm just inspired to just like work my ass off all the time. <laughs> I, I'm, and I, I don't, I, I don't know what, you know, what it is for me. I've just always had the idea of like, I gotta go after something like, Quick story for you. I was in, I was in college. It was in my senior year of college, studying communication studies, and it was great. I had an awesome time at school. I learned really, you know, well, like what juices to mix with what alcohols. Like that's what I really <laughs> learned in, in college. I also learned like where cheap beer night was. But I kind of, I woke up in my senior year and I realized, like, oh my god, when this year is over, I have to like go to work every single day for the next forty or fifty years of my life, and. I think for me, the goal was to not hate my job. And like, I, I just didn't want to wake up and be one of those people out on a Monday, like, oh, Mondays, it's the worst. Like, I don't even want to be here. And we all know a bunch of people like that, unfortunately. If, if your job is going to be the thing that defines your life and defines the thing that you do, it doesn't define your life, but it defines the thing that you do with most of your time. Half your waking time, you're either at work or driving to work or driving home from work. So. I made this goal that I didn't want to hate my job. And I reached out to every radio station in town because I would love broadcast and super passionate about it. Reached out to all the TV stations in town, said, hey, I'm a, I'm a communication studies student. Just let me come in and volunteer. I want to see how it's done there. And one radio station said, sure, you can be on our street team. You can hand out stickers at events. Another radio station said, we don't bring on uh, volunteers, but uh, how would you like a job? You seem like a go-getter. And I'm like, yes, sure. And it was just, you know, it's, it's that drive that, you know, got me into the business. And I think that hard work is always uh, rewarded, always. Now, wait, yeah. have you Go always ahead, sort of had like that perfect radio voice sort of presence or did you like work on that in communication school? I have. I'm telling you, Brandon, Brandon's a little insecure with this question. He's like, <laughs> you know, this is definitely like alpha versus alpha right now. <laughs> you know, I, I definitely remember we had a communication studies class in high school and I definitely yeah. remember like we would, we would write scripts and then we would go out at the end of the week and we would um, perform them. So it would, you know, it'd be, there'd be a host, there'd be a cameraman, there'd be an audio guy, all that stuff. And every single week I was the host. Um, and it's because in high school, like I was the vice president of student council. I did the morning announcements. Yeah. I hosted the talent show. Like I just loved performing. And, uh, you know, I, I thought acting was cool. Like I always just enjoyed that type of thing. And I, I think that's why I was so drawn to wrestling. Like the attitude era is basically what raised me like 15, 16, 17 years old. And those massive larger than life personalities, I honestly think have like, kind of shaped the way that I've become a broadcaster in a way. Wow. Were you watching like uh, Michael Cole or uh, I'm talking David more Kevin like, Kelly? I'm, I'm talking more like the, the wrestlers. Like oh, okay, I was right. like walking around like yelling, it doesn't matter at people and raising the people's eyebrow. And I remember like I was on stage for, I don't even know what it was, but I decided to like do the Triple H water spit in front of the entire cafeteria. Like wow. 
I, that was just who I was. It was like, I loved getting that reaction and it's certainly lent itself to what I do for a living now. Man, I, I definitely wanted to touch on something you said, which is, you know, um, I've always just had this, um, I've always had this theory that it doesn't matter how much talent you have. And, and it's I'm obviously not saying you don't have talent. I'm just saying it as a generalization, um, it doesn't matter how much talent you have. You could be the most talented person in the room, but if you don't have the hard work ethic or the drive to do it, who's going to know it? Because if nobody knows it, you got nothing. So I always say the person who has half the talent, but has the work ethic to definitely just keep going and make their dreams come true. That's the person who's going to succeed. And yeah. luckily for you, you have both. You know what I mean? So, I mean, you lucked out there, but I mean, it, it's just hard work goes a long way, man. Well, I think talent can be cultivated too. And I think that that's a big thing that right. people, people want to say, oh man, he was born with that. He, you know, yes, I think to a certain degree, like, you know, you can't teach, uh, you know, height, you can't teach, you know, like a, a build and you can't teach like speed, but you can certainly like work on everything else around that. Um, and since we've been saying all these phrases this whole podcast, I love this phrase: uh, "Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard." And right. it's there we so go. true. And it and it doesn't take talent to show up on time and work hard. And I think that there's too many people in whatever your line of work is, whether it's you know whether we're talking about podcasts and YouTube or whether we're talking about whatever it is you do for a living. There's too many people that just don't show up, and it it does not take talent to just show up on time and work hard. And I think that unfortunately, there's a bunch of people that are living for two days of the week instead of living for seven days of the week. Dude, and, and when you're living for, you know, when 70, what is it, the statistic, like 71.4% of your time is at work is wasted and you're living for those other two days, it's like, what, what's going on? Like, you can't you can't live like that. I think that's a Gary Vee saying, isn't it? Well, like, yeah, you, you can't, yeah. yeah like walking through the hall last week and I was I said to someone like, yeah how are you and they're like well it's Friday I'm like yes but I didn't ask you what day of the week it was I asked how are you like and it's like I don't understand like why do people hate Monday so much it's just another day of opportunity it's it's perspective too it's like because you can go oh here's monday it's, it's another start to the week like here's another opportunity for me to kill it you know but some people go they say they say case of the mondays and I, i've never understood that because to me i've never had a monday and then plus monday is raw so what the hell am i mad about <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm with you man and that's the whole reason i i work hard because i you know i i'm fortunate to love what i do but I'm not doing this just because I'm lucky. Like this was something I really worked hard at and kind of looked at the end goal of where I wanted to be and then looked at every step along the way going backwards and then saw where I was now and then realized, okay, I reverse engineered this. I know where I want to be. I know where I am now. Boom, I know how to get there. Do, do you like do seminars and stuff? Do, they, do you like go around and like talk to people, <laughs> get people hyped up? Like, hey. Brandon's inspired. Work, that's what he said. You know, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying you could go around and inspire <laughs> the know. next generation. I mean, the the reality of this is like anybody can do any of this stuff. Like if there's somebody out there that's doing something that you want to be doing, there's no reason you can't be doing it. Maybe not at the millionaire scale that they're doing it or the million follower scale or whatever, but there's no reason that you can't do your own version of that. And that's that's just kind of what I'm doing, you know. I'm not the first person to ask wrestlers questions. Um but and I'm not the first person to travel to get interviews, but I, uh, I have an insane sick work ethic and it's, you know, it's, it's working. Do you think you'll, uh, interview Bobby again? 
we got, we got and, to ask Ashley. Yeah. And, and, and I could invite you. Is that what's happening here? Well, I, yeah. What's you know, going on, Brandon? You know, it's, it's funny. Every time Brandon asks like our guest questions, it's almost, they get the same reaction, which is like, there's an ulterior motive to his question, which is like, the next part is going to be, uh, can I come with you? Uh, could you give me an Emmy? Like it's, there's always an ulterior motive, I, I, right? I think right. probably I'll interview Bobby Lashley again yeah. one day. This is gonna be good, man. Yeah, I'm just wondering, you know, who who's on the list, who's coming up. You know, you got a lot of people you got to interview. You know, yeah, it, hey, actually, is there anybody um, on your short list? Oh yeah, we reached out to Reddit um, just to follow up on that. I mean, we reached out on Reddit and said, "What would you like to ask Chris Van Vliet?" And the biggest question was basically, out of all the people that you haven't interviewed, who's the person you want to interview the most? Uh, the, the, it's easy. Vince McMahon is, is number one. And I don't know, it's not like he does a lot of interviews, but Vince McMahon's the person that I think that if you love wrestling, first of all, you got to shake his hand and say, thank you so much for everything. But that's a person that, you know, it would be the most interesting interview I think I've ever done. And who, who knows what kind of answers he would give? Who knows what kind of questions I'd even be allowed to ask? But, uh, Vince is number one, and I will keep putting that out there until it happens. Which oh, yeah. vague goals get vague results. So I love the specific answer. I want to interview Vince McMahon. Um, I mean, easy. hey, we have a goal in this podcast, which is by by all out, we're going to get an AEW wrestler on here, and I truly believe we can. So there you go. Of course you can. That's our goal. See? Yeah. That, that's my goal. I don't know what that's your goal easy. is. Oh. Well, what are you doing? What are you doing to make this happen? Oh, I've been interviewing. I got some emails. I, I talked to. Uh, I, well, I can't say who it is, but there's a certain AEW superstar who is interested in being on the pod. But I have to clear it. So we're we're, we're working on it. We are working on okay. it. I do not set vague goals myself. I make sure yeah. it happens. Crushing <laughs> it. Love it. Thank you. I appreciate that. This is super cool, man. Uh, I want to ask you about. Um, this is a little bit off wrestling but uh, you say you're doing the tv stuff are you still doing like the deco drive all that stuff like how's how's that going yeah i mean that's that's my day job that's uh that's the monday to friday i've been at that i've been at the station it's the fox station in miami i've been here almost five years now yeah. and it's awesome we're live every night 7 30 it's like a local version of entertainment tonight um last week i was in london interviewing the cast of spider-man so like i flew oh, to london man. interviewed jake gyllenhaal Tom Hollins and Dea, Samuel L. Jackson. Like it's, um, yeah, it's amazing. Like it was always my dream to be a TV host, always my dream to get into broadcasting. And it's so interesting how, you know, broadcasting has shifted a lot. You know, it's no longer like turn on the TV at six o'clock because your show is on. It's like, if you're bored now, you pick up your phone and you go to YouTube and you watch whatever you want. You swipe through on Instagram and you know, we're entertaining in a completely different way now. Um, so I don't, I still have the job. It's amazing. I love it. I've been able to interview some of the biggest stars in the world because of it. Um, and, uh, I'm pumped to go back in tomorrow. Now, do you get to like party a lot when you're traveling around? Cause you got to obviously do a little research, you know, I wish. I no, wish. Oh man. Even I was going to say, I can answer, I can answer that one for you. My last day off was, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> When I when I do the calculation and figure that out, I'll let you know. <laughs> What's going on? I was going to say, and, and, you know, I know Brandon's teasing, but I think like a lot of people have this this image that everyone like you know in the entertainment business goes out and they're they're always drinking and partying and smooching with the stars. But it's like no, it's like it, the exact opposite. Like you're living in a hotel room, you're going from interview to interview, you're getting you're preparing scripts or you know in rehearsing questions. Like I could tell you for a fact, like. 
I, I know I don't show it right now, but all day I've been trying to rehearse questions in my head. And then of course we, we come on air and I'm like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I think the biggest misconception about uh, being on television is people only see you on television. So we're live from 7.30 to eight o'clock and people are like, oh, that's awesome. So you like get there at like seven, they like do your hair and makeup and, and leave right after the show. And it's like, oh no. I'm spending all day like shooting stories and writing stories and then voice tracking stories and then working with the editors to edit the stories and working with the producers. Like it's, it's a ton of work. And you know, we, we have an amazing, great team there. I've got, you know, some great people I'm working with my YouTube channel, my podcast. It's like, you know, it, it, it's, it, there's so much more that goes into this right. than just what, you know, the show on camera. Like the seven thirty, and you know, speak up if I'm wrong here, but like the seven thirty to eight o'clock is is the fun time, whereas the rest of it is the work because oh, you're preparing yeah. for that. Yeah. So and it's, and it's it's all the stuff you don't see that you know makes the stuff that you do see happen. Speaking of things that happen, I mean, we're, we're talking about all these interviews that you've done with with wrestlers. Um, a question I got just over and over again is who was your favorite interview and everyone has an uh, everyone has a feeling what you're going to say for your answer so let's see if all they're right. right well let's see if everyone's right it's the rock no the they're all the right one <laughs> they're all they're all wrong you know, so the, and you can tell me who it is in a second that everyone was guessing but for me the rock was like the person i looked up to so much when i was 15 16 17 years old raising the eyebrow walking around school and i dressed as the rock for halloween one year giving people every time i got on a trampoline i had to give someone the rock bottom like i looked up to the rock so much and he was like number one on the list of people i wanted to interview and i finally got to interview him in 2012. even though he was doing all these movies i got to interview him uh, backstage at raw when he was preparing uh, or I guess promoting his match with John Cena at WrestleMania 28. And The Rock's everything you want him to be. He's charismatic. He's funny. He's fun. He makes you feel good about yourself in the interview. It's He's awesome. And I've now I've now interviewed The Rock nine times. Not, not, yeah. like, I'm, not like I'm counting or anything. You know? <laughs> but who did people say? Uh, so everyone thought that you would say MJF. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's a popular one. Well, that, I was man. gonna say I think that that's everyone else's favorite, but right. that's probably the one you like the least, right? Uh, it's uh, it's entertaining. <laughs> Look, I'll just say that I've never been fed I've never been fed an omelet by a grown man on an interview, so I, I, I appreciate that. Can't say that's ever happened to me before. Um, I and I'll see MJF this weekend, right. so that'll be uh, very interesting right. to see how that goes. Now, has that been the most interesting uh, wrestling interview you've done? <clears throat> oh, and that sort of style! Sure. Wow, I didn't know it was going to happen. Like <laughs> he, MJF lives the gimmick. Like it's it's insane that that's just who he is. Like MJF's a dick, and. <laughs> It's the perfect character for him to play because he's not playing a character at all. Right. <laughs> right. So, I mean, so you, you had no idea any of that w w was going to happen. I mean, that that's awesome. The fact that like, you know, I, and the way it came across was like, you were in on that, but the fact that you weren't in on that, it's like, now it's definitely my favorite interview right. you've done. Room service in the middle of an interview. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was something else. Yeah. You did well. You, you rolled with it. 
It was a brilliant interview, man. But that's why you're a pro, and that's why you got but four I, interviews. I had seen some of his other interviews. Like, I kind of knew what to expect. I kind of knew that, you know, he'd be playing it up. But I didn't expect really any of the things that happened in the interview. You know, he, he threw bread at my face, and uh, <laughs> you know, he answered the door twice during the interview. He fed me an omelet. And, yeah, yeah, it was very strange. Dude, so but, but very entertaining. And I, the right. cool thing is – that's Look, what matters. As as big as a, as big as a uh, big of a heel as MJF is, he's such a massive star, and uh, I would be so surprised if he's not one of the first two or three champions in AEW. Uh, How funny kinda, is that? And we kind of saw with, with Double or Nothing that he was in that title picture when they did that segment uh, with Hangman, and it's like I think he'll be the first heel champion they have. You know, it's funny, everybody I've talked to that when you mention the name MJF, the first thing they say is, oh, he's definitely going to be AEW world champion. He's going to be one of the first. So none of us are unique in thinking that. So that means it's definitely going to happen because there's consensus that MJF just is the man in AEW. And he's going to be their first homegrown star. I could tell you that for a fact. He's so insanely over. Like, that's the thing. Like, as soon as his music hit on uh, at Double or Nothing... And nobody heard his music before. We don't know what his music is, but as soon as his music hit and we saw the video of the scarf, everyone's just like, boom! <laughs> and I'm like, I, that's that's powerful. That's pretty much the reaction Brandon gets when he walks into a nightclub. Yes, yes. <laughs> just, <laughs> just for the record. <laughs> so, so, Chris, I wanted to ask you, man, um, did you grow up watching Rob Van Dam? And I asked this for a reason. Uh, of course, I was an ECW fan. Yes, uh, yeah, I was an okay. ECW fan, and yeah, the late nineties. Yeah, because is is he the reason that you took the Impaler DDT from Gangrel like that? <laughs> Man, <laughs> if My you God. haven't seen that clip, first of all, fans, please go watch that clip because it's the best wrestling bump I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it was awful, and uh, Gangrel is amazing. Dave's one of the nicest people that you'll ever meet. And his wrestling school uh, here in South Florida in Dania Beach is, is one of the best in all of Florida. Um, so we did a segment for the TV show for Deco Drive when it first opened. And, and I trained a little bit. I wanted to be a pro wrestler. That was my dream when I was 20 years old. Long story short, basically I decided I was going to keep pursuing college instead of you know driving an hour each way to wrestling school four days dollar beer dollar beer is a little bit less expensive than wrestling school right $250 a month for wrestling school it buys a lot of beers yeah were you a natty light guy they don't really have it in canada uh oh yeah. okay what did you guys have in uh canada uh, Blue ribbon would be a good one ribbon? okay yeah, yeah. uh well, of course labat and molson okay. you know yeah um, but so we did the segment and I'm like, Oh, I'll take some bumps. I'll run the ropes. And then yeah, it was going really well. I can do like a couple spots and it was taking some hip tosses, some arm drags. And I said, man, Gangrel, it, it would be such an honor uh, if you gave me the Impaler DDT. He's like, yeah, sure. Okay. So, uh, we like circled up, up, kicked me in the gut. I sold it and I just, I jumped too high. Like I jumped <laughs> like he was giving me a suplex and He's a strong dude. He's a big dude, and he's lifting me up, and I'm jumping. So instead of laying out flat, which is what you're supposed to do in an Impaler DDT, I jumped and spiked completely uh, on my head. And it's honestly, no joke, one of the scariest moments of my life because I folded up. If you watch that video in slow motion, like oh, I yeah. folded up, 
I, I was seeing stars. I blacked out for a split second and I was so winded. And Gangrel was like seriously worried. And I could see it. And, and, you know, he did a good job of like being in character, but I could l see that flash in his face. Like, Oh no. Like, Oh yeah. Okay. My neck hurt for days after. And I obviously didn't want to tell him this, you know, but like, yeah, there's still some mornings I wake up and I'm like, Oh, I know why this hurts. <laughs> but doesn't that and make you it, appreciate the guys more like the, the guys that wrestle more? For sure. And and this is nothing, you know, I, I need to put this out there every time I talk about this. This had nothing to do with Gangrel. I was, I took that bump so wrong and uh, it's, it almost honestly scared me. Like I've taken other bumps in, in matches before. I've taken other bumps in the ring before and that bump scared me. And I, uh, <laughs> I, I just, I, yeah, I have such a huge, I already had a huge respect for what all these men and women do. And yeah. now I have even more of a respect and a literal pain in the neck. <laughs> my my pain in the neck is named Brandon. But anyway, Brandon, you have a question? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, like, are you are you getting back into the the ring, working on taking bumps? I mean, we no. we want to see you make your ring debut again. I, I don't think no. we've had an interview where Brandon hasn't asked if uh, our guest is training to become a wrestler. I mean, look, he's working out, he's eating clean, he's taking bumps. I just want to know. What's the gimmick uh, gonna be? Eating my vitamins, saying my <laughs> prayers, dude. That's I know. Fine. Could you put could you put them over anymore, Brandon? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I uh, every so I'm a ring announcer uh, here in Deerfield Beach, Florida. Nice. And every time I get in the ring, I run the ropes, I take some bumps, and then I change into my suit and do some announcing. Um, so like you know, I'm I'm there with all the guys and the girls as as they're getting prepared, as they're working their matches, and I'll walk up with some people. You know, I'll take some hip tosses, but. Yeah. No, no one wants to see me in the ring. That's, that's, <laughs> this is not happening. So, what would what advice would you give? To, um, for example, we uh, we started doing um, commentary. We were asked to do commentary for a local wrestling promotion here. Uh, so, we might actually go live to their show to do our first one, like in a couple weeks. Um, what advice would you give? You know, us when we're interviewing guys um, like that, because you know we gotta we gotta have some CVV power. You know, when we go in, ask right. ask the tough questions. Well, I think the first thing you got to figure out is, are these work interviews or are they shoot interviews? And I don't mean shoot like, you know, where you're, you know, saying bad things about the company. But if you're <laughs> doing like backstage interviews for the company, that's very different from, you know, these casual like podcast style interviews. So we would be doing it with the company. We'd be like uh -huh. on air with the company. Yeah. Well, that's, which yeah. is very cool. Yeah. So, I mean, the biggest thing there is you want to put the talent over. That's the yeah. biggest thing. You know, you want to make them look good. So you're going to. They're probably going to already have their promo already set up. So you're just going to want to think of a question that sets them up for their promo and, you know, makes them look good. Uh, in terms of just interviewing in general, I'd say you guys have done it. Um, do your research and, uh, you know, make it a conversation. That's that's always been the best thing for me. Just have a conversation with somebody and who knows what will come out. Like I think too many people go, oh, my God, there's a mic here. Oh, my God, there's a camera there. And they freak out and don't really behave like themselves. And I think that you just got to realize that it's just a conversation between two people and there just happens to be some recording devices here. Forget all about that. You know, just have your conversation. Yeah. I think, I think the biggest thing I've seen is like a people cut promos sometimes. And, and that's the problem. It's like they're cutting promos. It's like, no, you don't, you don't cut a promo. You just happen to talk in a certain way to progress what you're trying to do. And there's a camera there. Yeah. And I, and I think, a big thing is it takes a while to get used to what you look like on camera. It takes a while to get used to what you sound like, you know, when you hear your voice back. 
Um, and I think that that's just something you got to get used to. And I think the biggest thing you can do is watch yourself back and be your own worst critic and go, oh, I could have done this better, could have done that better, and I'm going to work on this for next time. Do you, you make me feel better? Because ask Brandon what happens every time we do an episode and we cut the camera off. What's the first thing I say, Brandon? You're like, oh, man, that sucked. <laughs> Yeah, I say I'm like, and not in like a like, oh, that was terrible, but it, it's like that just that desire to always like make it right. better. Yeah, like so, I'm I'm literally always like, that sucked. Like I could have done this. This would have been, next time. I'm going in strong. But if you're just not looking I, back at your old stuff and you're like completely embarrassed by where you were compared to where you are now, then you're doing something wrong. Like, you know, if you're not constantly progressing with every episode and every week and every month and certainly every year, then you're you're going in reverse. Absolutely. I mean, do, do me a favor. I want you to go personally listen to episode one of this podcast and realize <laughs> that we we uh, had used like two iPhones to record and lost Brandon's audio. So the it's big, just the big thing you guys completely are doing different. Though, I think a lot of people start podcasts and uh, just talk into their iPhone like you're talking about. You guys went out and spent some money on good microphones. You got a, you know, you a microphone stand there, which is very professional. And I think that's a yeah. big thing. You hear that, Brandon? Yes. Professional. <laughs> microphone stand yes I, I make fun of him because he has a microphone stand but he never has it for the podcast episode for some reason so he it's... he has a better like mic stand than me but he's literally holding this this mic every episode so i had to just throw him under the bus a little bit there chris we appreciate that just, uh, um, <laughs> i gotta get a stand all right i'm gonna get a backup stand that i'll have at the ready but Chris, uh, I wanted to ask you, man, it's something I, I was I was very curious about because uh, first of all, I wanted to thank you because you're you're always engaging on our posts. You're always liking our posts and commenting on them. And I literally was like, what did we do to deserve Chris Van Vliet commenting on our stuff? So what attracted you to our page in that sense? Because you don't follow a lot of people. I think if my count is right, you got like what, like 46,000 followers by my count. And then you only follow like maybe 1,200. So how did we end up I in that chris I'm, van elite <laughs> yes i don't know these specific posts but you guys post a lot of uh really interesting like meme type of stuff or like classic moments and stuff like that and i must have found it on the explore page and i'm like oh that's pretty cool and uh i i engage with i engage with content that i think is interesting like i'm a wrestling fan just like you guys just like anybody who's listening to this or watching this and i think it's i, I think it's so weird when people are like oh my god I can't believe Chris commented on my photo. It's like, yeah, dude, I'm a wrestling fan. Like, you know, I'm, I'm just, yeah, I'm no different than you guys. And it, it does, even with us, I mean, we, we only have like 8,000 followers, but at the same time, like people are like, they're like, man, a Kenny for your thoughts podcast posted my stuff. And like, I've almost like learned to embrace that because I'm like, there's someone out there who feels like, you know, look at these guys. I could be like them one day. And so I almost feel like a responsibility that like, I know again, we only have 8,000 followers, but it's like, if they're so happy that we got, like we reposted that, it makes me feel good. Yeah. Same here. Like I, I remember, uh, I remember when I started out in the business and I remember like, you know, just even getting a handshake or a hello from someone that I looked up to and it meant so much to me. So if someone happens to, you know, like the interviews that I do or like the posts that I make, and they, they, and they take the time out of their day to make a comment or to send a DM. Like, who am I to ignore that? Like, if someone's taking the time out of their day to find me and then comment on it, it takes me four seconds to go, hey, thanks a lot, man, or that's really awesome. 
And if it makes that person's day even better, then that's just a bonus on it. But you know, if you're sending me a DM and it's not creepy, uh, for the most part, I'll respond to it. Uh, do me a favor. Uh, yeah. If if there's an account called World Record Brandon, just block it because he's probably gonna he's probably gonna send you a couple creepy DMs What's after your this. World Record. Uh, so, <laughs> we don't need to get into that right now. So you remember but, when they were doing the world record egg and it was like the yeah, most yeah, likes yeah, yeah. egg picture? So yeah. I, I tongue and cheek created Brandon a profile and said, we're going to get Brandon to be the most liked <laughs> person on Instagram. So yeah. he just retained the account from there. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I Actually, I have to ask now that you, uh, you've mentioned it. Um, so like, I mean, how many creepers do you have sort of slotted into your DMs and asking you stuff? You know, what, what's going on with that? Yeah. For the most part, the DMs are like very nice and very kind. Like, hey man, I watched your interview with so and so; it was great. Or, hey man, you inspired me to start my own YouTube channel. I'm like, that's amazing. But then on occasion, you'll get like, seriously, like I got one today from like you know clearly like a bot account, but it was like, <laughs> it's like send me shirtless photos, and it's like, <laughs> what? And they they sent me the same type of DM like the last, yeah. I don't know, three yeah. weeks. <laughs> Send me shirtless photos. Send me photos, Daddy. And it's like, really? No way. You already have shirtless photos out there, right? Oh That's my god! Here we go. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. Dude, just the worst thing. I was gonna say the worst up. thing is like you literally type in Chris Van Vliet, and the first yeah. thing that pops up is like it autofills like Chris Van Vliet body. It's yeah. the first thing I'm gonna say that is a completely really? heterosexual oh. male. Yeah, it, it's oh. the first thing that pops up. So hard so body Van so, Vliet. So, so bot, listen up. You don't have to DM them. That's just just Google it. I want to see what my. Uh, let's see what happens on my. Computer. <laughs> maybe, maybe, that's just, maybe that's just your search terms. Let's yeah, it, it maybe it's personalized. <laughs> I type in Chris Van Vliet, I get Chris Van Vliet Instagram uh, followed by Chris podcast. Van Vliet type. Podcast is second oh. for me. So. Uh, the funny part is on this. <laughs> things are different on your coast. Of I was going to say com I've I've completely lied because apparently. <laughs> Body's not even on the first six, mm -hmm. so I don't know where I made up that statistic. And Chris, I apologize. I think I was that's just clearly right. I think I was using Brandon's phone when I was doing my research. Based on his questions, I think you can tell. I had to do research for the interview. All right. Well, the the body is fueled by pizza. That's that's the secret. But dude, if you if you eat pizza like ten percent of the time, it's fine if you're eating healthy the rest of the time. That's what I say all the time. So I've actually like. I've certainly been coined the phrase, but I say it all the time. I call it the pizza diet. And it's not like I'm <laughs> not eating pizza all the time, but I'm saying like if I eat five, six meals a day, which I do, and I eat seven days a week, which I do, uh, that's 42 meals a week. So if two of them are pizza or four of them are chicken wings, my other 38 of them were good. You know, that's, that's my whole idea. There you right. go, man. I want to have my pizza and chicken wings too. You do right. on a daily yeah. basis. <laughs> That's the problem, though. All in moderation. Brandon, what's your goal? Because you know, vague goals get vague results. What's your What's your fitness goal? Uh, you know, I vaguely. You know, if I could get to like wife beater shape, I think I'll be good, man. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 2019. We can't say That's wife beater bad, anymore. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> white yeah, tank top shape. Yeah, yeah, white tank top. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that is that is pretty vague, by the way. You got to like because, saying 10 percent body fat specific. Yeah. <laughs> Your tank top uh, might be different from someone else's tank top build. Right. Yeah. And I've seen yeah. people with guts wear wear tank tops. So I mean, right. I'm just saying. So I just need to be like flat, and then like you might think I have a defined chest, 
Like, these are all. The these show. are very. This is a, this is a definition of vague goals yeah. here, people. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> For the love of God, whatever Brandon's saying right now, dude, don't do that. Be a little bit more specific with your goals. Be like, you know, listen, I want to get to ten percent body fat by August. There's a there is yeah. a specific goal. There it is. I had a guy reach out to me. Sent me a, a Twitter message last week that was like. Just it really warmed the cockles of my heart, and it <laughs> it said your phrase "vague goals get vague results" really spoke to me. And he's like, "I've been trying to lose some weight, so finally I made a specific goal to get my weight under whatever his weight was." And he's like, "And this month I was three pounds under that weight. So next month my new goal is this." And I'm like, "Oh my god! Like this is that's just so amazing that that's inspired someone." That's really? awesome, man. I mean, and that goes back to we we're talking about how social media we can influence everyone with the positive. You know, there you go. Like someone, you know, Chris did specifically tap this guy on the shoulder and say, "This is what you're gonna do." But you know, his words inspired him, and hopefully, I mean, we we've thrown enough catchphrases in this podcast. Hopefully, one of them <laughs> sticks with you, and one of them makes you positive. Okay, but Chris, I mean, what is your immediate goal? Like, what is your what's the next goal in Chris Van Vliet's mind? Well, the the goal is fifty wrestling interviews, which is crazy but it's going to be accomplished this weekend i'm going to fighter fest um, oh, nice. I've, got, nice. I've got two interviews lined up there now and then there's of course the uh the interviews that they do after and the media scrums so you know i i come out of this weekend with six interviews that I'd, I'd be really happy with that um the the immediate goal is two hundred thousand subscribers which you know i'm, I'm looking forward to I have one hundred and eighty thousand now but i'd really like to get to a million and I'd like to continue on this path where I'm the one who's creating the content um, and, and deciding what I want to do with it. I've been having so much fun on my podcast. I'm having fun doing podcasts like yours. Um, so I think to, to grow my podcast to a point where it can actually be monetized. Uh, and as you guys know, as podcasters, that's, that's a big benchmark. That's the goal. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and it's funny. That's, that's kind of our goal too. You know what I mean? It's just to not even like, not even like be rich or something off of this, yeah. but to know that like we're to a point where people are willing to sponsor our podcast, it means you're doing something right. Yeah. And I don't know what that benchmark is. I'm, I've literally been a podcaster for two days, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but is there a certain amount of, is it a certain amount of downloads per episode, downloads per month? How does that It work? depends. It depends on the sponsor. Um, I know I can tell you for a fact that some of them are, you know, tell us how many you're doing a week. I could tell you some, some of them are basically like, what's your total overall downloads. And some of them are just like, here's our product and go ahead. You know, um, okay. so I, I know like we had a, we had a special code for uh, one of our sponsors that is now defunct. So uh, they got bought out actually, I'm not gonna lie to you. So it was, uh, they got bought out by pro wrestling tees. So I'm not too unhappy oh, yeah. with it because um, I it know was, Mike. Uh, yeah, I know Mike. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. honestly, pro wrestling tees has been awesome. We, we have a store uh, as well on pro wrestling tees. So that is, uh, what is it? Uh, pro wrestling tees.com slash a Kenny for your thoughts. Go ahead Chris. What is yours? I'd say prowrestlingtees.com slash Chris Van Vliet. Um, and you can, we, can pick up. You can buy that yeah, shirt, you can, right? I was going to say, you can pick up the, the vague goals, get the vague results uh, shirt yeah. right there. I got I got a big picture on my notes right here of, of it right there. Look, just so you know, here are my notes on you. And the biggest thing I have right there is your catchphrase and your T-shirt. So Yeah, thank you. And it's, you know, I just posted a video um, about two or three weeks ago. It was like life advice from wrestlers. And it was interesting. I wasn't going out of my way to seek advice from any of these wrestlers. It just kind of popped up in our general conversation. 
And it was amazing how much like great sage advice and like little nuggets of knowledge that dropped in all these interviews. John Cena had, you know, great knowledge about like control the controllable. And if John Cena hasn't trademarked that, which I don't think he has, I feel like I should put that on a t-shirt. Control. Just give me, no, give me two, give me two seconds. Let me go ahead and register that right now. <laughs> control the controllable. Um, but yeah, it's a, uh, bad goals get vague results. I'm, I'm super glad that like people I don't even know are like walking up to me on the street and telling me that they either know me for that phrase or that phrase has meant something to them because that phrase has meant a lot to me. Like here I am a Canadian kid who now lives in America. That was a specific goal for me. You know, I wanted to move to the U S and be a television host. And here I am living in these United States as a television host. So, um, only because he'll kill me if I don't ask you this. It just came to my mind. So you used to live, obviously, in Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah. Um, you're good friends with Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. And uh, so Jackie Full of Bourbon, Keith, <laughs> I'm gonna, our, one of our big listeners right now, he's been asking since episode one <laughs> if there's a way for somebody to find him a hookup for a heel club Dolph Ziggler shirt. He will pay for it, but he just wants the in. So... Keith, I'm, I'm asking him. I'm asking him on air. He knows Dolph Ziggler. Here you go. Oh, Keith, I'll see what I can do. Um, yes. I know that uh, Dolph Ziggler is going to be here in a few weeks for SmackDown, nice. and I'll be seeing him. So uh, we'll see what happens, I guess. Keith, don't uh, say that I didn't ask. You're welcome. <laughs> there you go. But, you know, as we start to wrap this up, first of all, I, I just kind of wanted wanted to thank you, man. This this has been, dude, we could do a whole nother episode, man. This this was just a, didn't intend it to be, but this has just been a motivational podcast, if you will. Motivational quotes. I didn't quotes. intend for it to be either. Right, but I think that's cool, man. I think we all vibe well with the positive quotes. We all have them. I think the biggest, the, the one that's really stuck out to me recently, actually, that now that you mention it, uh, we talk about wrestlers having little nuggets, right? Uh, so Triple H uh, recently, one one I got off of him was basically to, uh, I don't remember how he phrased it, but essentially what you are doing, like you have so many different hats, you have so many different jobs, things that you're doing, you know, like in, in his case, he's preparing for WrestleMania, then he's doing a benefit for WWE, then he's COO this, but whatever you are doing, be present in the moment and wear that hat. So yeah. if he's playing with his daughters, he's a father. And he's not or doing his best not to check the phone. So that one's really resonated with me. So like right now, I'm a podcaster interviewing Mr. CVV himself. You know, everything else kind of goes away right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm on my phone a lot you know, throughout the day. Um, and I haven't looked at my phone in an hour because I'm with you guys and I want to be present in this moment. Also, how rude would it be if you're on a podcast, <laughs> you know, swiping through Instagram? Um, you could be but, the MJF of this interview. Yeah, right. <laughs> Speaking of that uh, Triple H uh, thing, like that that special on him was so amazing. Oh, so you know you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I know exactly, I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about, and I already loved Triple H. I had a poster of him on my wall when I was 16 years old, and I was so inspired by his heel work. You know, 99, 2000, 2001. Um, to see him in that role, like to see him as a corporate guy gave me this new immense respect for what he does. It's incredible. And I think that, you know, when Vince finally does either pass the torch or pass away and this becomes Triple H and Steph's company, I think we can see it's in good hands. 
Absolutely. I think as fans, I think we can all agree on that. You know, I know there's fans, uh, fans clamoring right now for him to take over the company now just because of how successful he's been with uh, NXT and things like that. So like you said, I think I think the company's in good hands. But uh, Brandon, before, you know, as we start to wrap this thing up, yeah. uh, you want to ask Chris any more questions that are not creepy and not <laughs> wouldn't get you blocked, wouldn't get you blocked in his DMs. All right. Uh, two, two quick questions. Uh, okay. One, do you think you'll interview Priscilla Kelly? Any chance? Uh, and like, and I can invite you when that happens. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you want, see, like, there's always an ulterior I, motive. You don't have to. I mean, I'm not saying you have to, but you know, you know when I ask questions, Chris isn't like, why? Because you want to be there. <laughs> it's only when you ask them. Like, can I just um, be in a little possibly, chat in the corner? I don't. Uh, okay. I mean, I'd love to. Right. In, insert name of wrestler here, and I'd love to interview them. Love to do um, it. That's the reality of it. Yeah. Um. Okay, quickly, second question. Uh, you, you do uh, film criticism, right? Or, or yeah, yeah. What is that? I, so I'm a I'm a member of the Broadcast Film Critics Association. I've been reviewing movies for the last, I guess, it's eight, eight, nine, nine years. Um, and if you know what the Critics Choice Awards are, I'm actually one of the voting members of Holy the crap, Critics Choice yeah. Awards. Like two hundred ish members. I'm one of the voting members. I go to the Critics Choice Awards every year. Um, which, by the way, is just like a kid who grew up in Pickering, Ontario. It's pretty crazy to be at like a, an award show or a party with like all of these people who are being nominated for awards. Like right. Bradley Cooper was at the table like next to me, and like it was just, you know that type of thing. It's insane. So um, I don't. I want to out him right here. I'll drop the gimmick. I know I'm, I make fun of Brandon a little bit, but he's a huge movie buff. So what okay. you just said was really probably inspiring to him because th this guy can rattle off movie quotes and he's always like literally he's always holed up in his room watching movies if he's not doing something else so i can tell Brandon, you for a fact that meant a lot Brandon, favorite movie of all time oh uh oh the matrix i think yeah okay the matrix has to be favorite uh, of all time uh, i just interviewed the guy in that movie uh Keanu, Keanu, Keanu uh, yeah. read yeah. something yeah <laughs> Yeah, he has a real bright future ahead of him. <laughs> uh, he's a good kid. He's a good kid. If he keeps plugging away, yeah. you know, he might he might win win something eventually. The Matrix is yeah. an unbelievable movie, especially considering that was made in 1999. I know, and yeah. it still holds up. It still holds up. Yeah. How crazy is it to think that Will Smith was supposed to be the star of that movie? Insane. Yeah. Yeah. What's crazy about the Matrix? And uh, correct me if I'm wrong on this. I mean, didn't it seem like every single fight scene? after the matrix like it really revolutionized the game like every yeah. every fight scene looked completely different before the matrix now like even like john wick another movie he's in which i, I just saw john wick 3 um it, it looks like the matrix all those fight scenes yeah the matrix is one of those movies that well, i mean it's been 20 years now that we look back on and go oh yeah that was one of the that, that changed things um right. you know when there's like citizen kane same thing like that that, that changed things yeah. and uh you know that's one of those movies that definitely made a difference if you don't know what citizen kane is it's the movie that completely modernized the movie industry so please go watch citizen kane and understand it my tv teacher made us watch it like my freshman year of high school and a lot of people are like oh this is a crappy movie but you can't look at it with today's eyes you have yes. to look at it it you know how they were seeing it back then but sorry to cut you off brandon oh yeah no i was just gonna ask him if he had a, a favorite director or anything like that of course chris yeah. Nolan. Yeah. oh wow damn yeah. all right i don't think that nolan's made a bad film uh and man like i'm i'm such a fan of memento uh, i studied that in film studies in college yeah. the dark knights obviously the greatest 
superhero movie ever made. Yes, there's, easily. There's no argument about that. I don't care. <laughs> 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 I thought I thought that I was just saying that, you know, I say that same thing too, but I thought I was just saying that because I was in that or like my early 20s, but no, it, it just, there's no one that can do the Joker like that. Absolutely. Uh, like Heath Ledger's performance, I mean, come on now. It's like, people think it's uh, just overrated, but it's like, no. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of incredible directors right now, especially yeah. some really young ones. Like Ryan Coogler, so talented. Oh, yeah. Of course, directed Black Panther, uh, Fruitvale Station. Uh, the first Creed movie for people who don't know the name. Yep. Damien Chazelle, who directed La La Land and First Man. Like the future of film in the hands of those types of guys, man, it's it's exciting. It's still going, man. Film lives. Film right. lives. Film <laughs> lives. Well, Chris, I think we've we've taken up enough of your time. I know you you just got home an hour ago. You probably want to go take a shower and everything, uh, but. First of all, I just wanted to thank you for being on. Um, it's been an absolute honor. We'll probably have to have you back uh, someday. Once you reach the one million, we'll have you back on, okay? <laughs> you got yourself a uh, deal. Yeah, and if yeah. anyone listening to this uh, can help me out and don't subscribe or don't know who I am, subscribe anyway if you don't know yeah. who I am. Please, no, if, if, if you're not subscribing, you're, you're doing yourself a disservice, especially if you're a wrestling fan and listening to this podcast and you're not subscribed to Chris Van Vliet's uh, YouTube channel, you're missing out some great, great interviews. I'm going to put them over right now, but the energy that Chris brings to interviews is second to none. I mean, I'm just going to tell you, like, uh, every time I watch an interview of, you, of yours, I'm so engaged and you, you're not going to get enough credit for that because I know people are tuning in for the wrestlers. But you're pretty good. I don't. I, I want to say a, someone who stirs the pot a little bit. You're the you're the chef of the whole situation. So I, I definitely want to put you over and say you're probably one of the best interviewers I've ever I've ever heard or seen. So oh, thank yeah. you. Uh, I, I really appreciate that. And uh, you know, I, I love what I do, and I hope that that shines through as well. You know, I, I, I love pro wrestling, and I, I love having these conversations. And I'm glad I was able to kind of marry the two together. Awesome, man. Um, and also, I wanted to, the last thing I wanted to ask you is, you know, someone like myself and Brandon or any other aspiring podcasters or YouTube YouTubers, you know, who may feel like maybe we don't have enough followers or have enough subscribers or this excuse or that excuse. What would you tell us to do? You know, what, what inspiring words would you tell us to, um, you know, to help our platform? I'd say don't worry about the metrics for the first while. Like, don't worry about how many downloads or views or anything like that. Like, just remember, nobody was listening to the first 300 episodes of the Joe Rogan show and, and look at him now. Um, so I would say if you have an idea for something that you want to do, do it. And if it doesn't work, don't do it again. Um, you know, if you have an idea for like, let's try this type of episode or let's interview this person, just do it. Just put it out there, give it a try. And uh, it took me eight and a half years to get 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. And it's now going to, you know, if things work out the way that they're shaking out now, it's going to take me 11 months to get the next 100,000. Wow. So just know that it is a, an incredibly slow process. And if you're doing this for money or you're doing this for recognition, you should probably stop right now because that is not going to come anytime soon. And I, I think I think that's a good way to end the podcast right there. I think that I couldn't have said it better myself, man. Uh, thank you so much for for joining us, uh, Brandon. Any last words? Chris Van Vliet is the elite of wrestling <laughs> podcasting slash interviews. Chris, Chris thank you again, man. Bronies.
Yeah, <laughs> Thanks again for this, Thank man. you guys so much for having me on the show. This was this was a blast, man. I'm happy to come on anytime. And best of luck with everything. And uh, congrats on what you're doing. And same to you. I mean, uh, guys, if you're not listening to the Chris Van Vliet podcast, I know we plugged your YouTube, but uh, the podcast is two days old as of the recording of this episode. Please go listen to Chris Van Vliet's podcast, The Chris Van Vliet Show. All right. Leave a five star review and leave a rating like I did. Uh, Brandon, please don't please don't leave an awkward rating. That's a, a <laughs> review. That's all I ask. That's you guys right. are awesome. Seriously. Thank you so much for the support. Thank you for all the nice things. And uh, you guys are on the same path that I'm on. You know, it's it's just I'm maybe, you know, maybe a step ahead, but we're on the same path here. I appreciate that, man. Honestly, coming from you, that means a lot. Someone in our field, you know, at, with the success that you've had, which hasn't been overnight. As I said, I know a lot of people think it's been you just popped up out of nowhere, but it's 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 hard work. And coming from you, that means a lot, man. And that gives us that inspires us to keep going. So thank yeah. you. Well, keep at it, man. You guys are doing great. All right. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much, Chris. Have a good night. Thank you. You too. Good night, Chris. Can he fool your thoughts?